Zip it. Well, okay, not really. We've got an early look at Dan Zimborski's Zips projections, and we're going to tell you if those say that the Reds are going to be better or, well, not better. Uh, and Reds Fest is coming up this weekend. We'll talk about this weekend's second most premier event occurring in the Queen City. Uh, we've got all that and more on today's Locked on Reds. Let's go. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and my co-host, Stephen Offenbaker. We are lifelong Cincinnati Reds fans that have turned an addiction to this team into information for you. Locked On Reds is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We are free and available on all platforms. On today's podcast, we are going to look at some early preview projections from Dan Simborski on the Zips projection. He looks at the positional wins above replacement for the different areas of the field for the Reds. Mm, spoiler alert, they're not really good, but Maybe those things can change. I mean, they're just paper. Baseball's not played on paper. And starting today is Reds Fest, and we are excited for lots of different opportunities. Steve and I won't be there tonight, but that we will be there tomorrow. Very, very excited to get to meet a lot of different people, a lot of different players, maybe some coaches, broadcasters, whoever uh, really just wants to talk to us. Plus, we got a couple of memories that we're going to reminisce about Reds Fest coming up later on in today's show and lockdown reds today is brought to you by bet online bet online has you covered this season with more props odds and lines than ever before bet online is where the game starts and steve where we start today is with these projections that dan simborski at least a preview of he hasn't written on them he they're not finalized and obviously it's early in the off season the Reds may or may not make a couple of moves that might change these things a little bit, but the early look at the, yeah, it's not good. It's not good at all. <laughs> well, I mean, there are some nuggets of positivity and I'm so that, that, that should be your catchphrase nuggets of positivity. How comes that's not on your shirt? Yeah. I was trying to be, you know, a little bit. Uh, yeah. Anyway, there, 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 but there are, they exist within uh, Dan's numbers here. And uh, one of those little nuggets is the starting pitchers. If you look at the, the list of starting pitchers, first of all, you know, he pretty much hit on everybody that you and I hit on for the YouTube viewers. This is uh, his uh, uh, numbers up on the screen. And for the audio folks, we'll start with the starting pitchers. You know, he lists out the same guys that Jeff and I have been telling you are, are all in the mix for a rotation spot in 2023. Uh, he's got them ranked in order of uh, their wins above replacement projection. Uh, Nick Lodolo at 3.3, Hunter Green at 3.2, Graham Ashcraft, who we just spent a lot of time talking to you about at 2.2. Uh, then we've got Justin Dunn at 0 0.9 followed by Luis Sessa, who's interesting. He's listed at 1.3, and I wonder um, if we won't see him over in that bullpen column instead of in the starting rotation. Uh, he's followed up by Connor Overton at 0 0.5, uh, Stout is at 0 0.4, and Brandon Williamson at 0 0.4. Uh, these are all the guys we talked about being in the mix, Jeff. Uh, he's got them ranked pretty much in the kind of the same order that we had them ranked. I think that um, 
both Sessa and Overton are probably going to be early bullpen candidates versus filling a rotation spot. Mm -hmm. uh, if the Reds go sign somebody like we think they should, uh, for either of those guys to really compete for a rotation spot, I think that's going to mean the Reds didn't go out and get somebody. Uh, but even if they don't, that's really not a bad rotation. If you look at those numbers for Lodolo, Green, and Ashcraft, there's there not a lot of fall off from when that list started out Castillo, Mali, Gray. I mean, there's still a little fall off, but not a lot. Right. And there, the important thing to know about projections as well is they really – lean heavily on what a player has already done. They don't go too far into predicting like certain events, like will Nick Lodolo add that third pitch or will you see Hunter Green add a third, but you know, different things like that, that are going to drastically change the value of a player. However, I love to see, like you said, 3.3 for Nick Lodolo, 3.2 for Hunter Green and 2.2 for Graham Ashcraft. If you're telling me that they're going to get almost nine war out of those three guys, sign me up all day. And I think that that's really, and everybody knows this, that's the strength of this team. It's, it's not in the lineup, which we'll get to in a moment. It's not in the bullpen outside of Alexis Diaz. Those are all full of question marks and those are all full of holes. The starting rotation is the strength of the Cincinnati Reds. No, that's that's kind of where we started last season off too, is that the, the yeah. rotation is going to be where it begins and ends. A successful rotation means the team has a chance to luck its way into that final playoff spot and a not successful rotation means 100 losses. So... It just kind of is what it is. Uh, as good as the rotation looks on paper, <laughs> the bullpen, <laughs> oh my God. Um, yeah. The bullpen combines for a total of 4.0 on war. And that includes, uh, that's probably three of that is Alexis Diaz, <laughs> followed <laughs> yeah. by everybody else. Uh, you know, the bullpen list contains Alexis Diaz, Lucas Sims, Reaver San Martin, TJ Antone, Buck Farmer, not Kyle, uh, Ian Jabot, Cruz, Kunal, and Overton is listed in the bullpen as well. I don't know if that's an oversight on on Dan's part as he just kind of is in the beginning stages of putting these together, but Overton appears in both places. I think this is probably the more appropriate spot, you know, as I just mentioned for Overton. What I will tell you, Jeff, is that on paper, going from uh, the Zips projections at the beginning of last season, 2022, and comparing them to this, the bullpen is worse on paper mm -hmm. heading into 2023 than it was heading into 2022. And something else, and, and for our YouTube viewers, I'll leave the graphic up for just a moment more. Something else I noticed in the uh, relief pitching column, uh, no Tony Santion. So whether or not he just forgot Tony saying, like you said, this is preliminary. He's still doing more research. He's still looking into some different things and some calculations and all that different th stuff, but leaving Santion off, it's interesting to me because there are so many question marks surrounding guys returning from injury. And he includes TJ Antone and Lucas Sims in here. And, and Tony Santion is coming back from something similar to what Lucas Sims is coming back from. And that they both had back ailments, not, arm ailments. So I, I wonder if that's an oversight or if that was meant to be, because I think we are just very beholden to expect these guys to come back in the form that they were before they got hurt. And that would be foolish to expect. I mean, 
TJ Yento, it's his second Tommy John surgery. And I know that Tommy John is very, very different from what it used to be, but still two is nothing to shake a stick at. And you're really not expecting the exact same pitcher to return. Now there were reports that he's going to report to Goodyear early and that at the end of last season, whenever he was really doing his rehab every day, his fastball was sitting somewhere between 93 and 95. So it's getting there. Remember TJ Antone can really fire that ball up there. So that's not where that typically sits, but still like you're, you're talking about guys coming back from injury and not necessarily guys who are bam, just going to click right out of the gate. You know, I, th- I, I really hope that Santian not being on that list is just an oversight. I hope that there's not a mm-hmm. Dan knows something we don't know situation going on there. <laughs> right. uh, and, and to your point on TJ Antone, listen, I am going to be shocked if he is with this team coming out of Goodyear into opening day. I just, I can't see it. Even if he shows up throwing the ball 98, 99 miles an hour again, they have to bring him along so slow because this I know about TJ Antone. He only knows how to pitch one way and that's with maximum effort. And if he goes out there right out of the gate, trying to throw maximum effort at the beginning of the season when it's cold, when things aren't still quite dialed in, coming off of his second Tommy John, That's a recipe for disaster. I want them to baby him. I want them to bring him along very, very slow. I want them to leave him in Goodyear when camp breaks. And I would like to see him around June. I think that is probably the safest timetable for TJ Antone because once he's with the team, I want him to remain with the team for the entirety of the season when he joins the team. You know, another arm injury for TJ Antone probably means the end of his baseball career. So not only should the Reds embrace a very slow, methodical advancement in his rehab, but TJ should really embrace that same slow, methodical uh, return to the big league pitching because I don't think he's got another surgery left in that arm. If if he goes down again, that's going to be it. No, and I, I think that this preliminary look at the Reds bullpen as far as war is concerned just underscores what we've been saying, and that's that the Reds do need to go out and get another dude, get a trustworthy veteran arm on the free agent market on a major league deal, not a minor league with invite to spring training, not a waiver claim, something like that, a major league deal for a major league guy. And and I think that that will help shore this up a little bit because I don't think that the four war is a total oversight. It might be a little bit of an undersell on some of these dudes because Mm -hmm. I do think like, I think Lucas Sims is going to bounce back. I really do. But only having him along with Alexis Diaz does not make this a five win bullpen or a six win bullpen. Like you need to have a lot of guys to do that. So you got to go out and get one more dude. And, and just looking at the pitching side of things, obviously the rotation, the strength, the bullpen, the question mark. And I think we'll get into uh, the position players here in, in just a few minutes, but the, overall the projections don't necessarily have that much optimism attached to them as much as we like to put in. There. No. And I, and I, I really can't fault Dan. And again, this is his early preview. And I mean, when he put this out there, he called it just that it's an early look at yeah. what he's doing. There's so many question marks surrounding so many of these Reds pitchers. Like, I don't even know how you begin to put these projections together. So shout out to Dan for for even trying because, I mean, you and I can speculate. But until these guys get on the field and not in Goodyear, 
not in spring training. Cause we've talked about that. I mean, right. you know, we've known guys to have struck out every batter they've faced in Goodyear and then get shellacked once camp breaks. So you can't even judge what's going on in Goodyear. What we're looking for in Goodyear is for them to show up and be healthy and have a little bit of velo and work on their work. Uh, we're not really going to know the answer to any of these questions until May after they've got about a season's worth of baseball under their belt already. But Jeff, as, as interesting as the, the pitching conversation is and can be, and we could probably fill a whole episode on that. And I imagine we will circle back to this somewhere down the road, this off season. Uh, <laughs> Dan also projected the lineup, God help us. And uh, there are some segments <laughs> as of right now that are ugly. <laughs> they're, they're beyond, they're just ugly. The ugly tree fell on them and we're going to talk about them coming up in just a minute. But before we get to that, I want to share, Shout out one of the sponsors of today's podcast, Bet Online. Uh, over at betonline.net, you can find the latest on player developments, team matchups, news, and in depth articles and analysis on every game that you can find. As always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all of your sports wagering information with live betting and up to the minute scores for every sport around. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events. They've got Major League Baseball. They've got NBA. They've got NHL. They've got the NFL. They've got MMA. They've got boxing. They've got golf. Oh, man. <laughs> Always take the over on Jeff's golf game, by the way. Uh, I've heard stories. If you want to get in on the action, you can head to betonline.net. Uh, you can use your mobile device. You can use your computer. You can get in there because at BetOnline, it's where the game starts. All right, Jeff, this is going to round out our week of podcasts, and I'm excited because you and I are going to be heading to Reds Fest tomorrow. Uh, you and I are going to be heading to Paycor. Got to get used to that. Heading to Paycor Stadium to watch Pat Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, sorry, Mrs. Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes take on the uh, – uh, Joe Burrow led Cincinnati Bengals. We're going to see two great quarterbacks over there. It's going to be an amazing sports weekend in Cincinnati. We're going to talk about that coming up in just a few minutes. But before we get to that, we have to get at this train wreck of a uh, lineup for the Reds. And if and, you're going to shout at me, Jeff, you got to unmute. And by the way, shout out to you for wearing Bengals jerseys all week long. All Love week it. Love long. the Pro Bowl jersey going on there. Hey, listen, it, this is Carson Palmer's. Pro Bowl jersey from the Joe year. That, no, this is Carson Palmer's. It's Joe Burrow's number now. No, because this is the <laughs> Pro Bowl jersey. Uh, last I checked, Joe Burrow hasn't been able to make a Pro Bowl because he's glass. He can't stay healthy. I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. Don't blow me up on Twitter. I'm joking. No, I got this jersey watching Carson Palmer win the Pro Bowl MVP at Aloha Stadium in Honolulu, Hawaii. Uh, that was the year that he hit Chad Johnson big on a couple plays, threw for a ton of yards, and it's the year that the one and only true hit in Pro Bowl history actually occurred <laughs> where Washington Redskin safety Sean Taylor absolutely obliterated the Buffalo Bills punter on a fake punt in a, in a hit that echoed three or four times around the stadium. It was so much fun. Uh, it was. But yeah, Bengals jerseys all week because I am jacked up for watching the Kansas City Chiefs at be Paycor awesome. this Sunday in Cincinnati. I suspect you and I will be doing some tailgating and um, Something like 
yeah. partaking of a beer or two prior to the game. So probably so. Yeah, I'm. Ah, man, I'm. I'm looking forward to. And if you want to get more information about that matchup, definitely check out Locked On Bengals. Uh, we are looking though at these Zips projections for the Reds lineup, and they are not anywhere near as exciting. Uh, are we really going to do this? As the Bengals gonna- Chiefs game. <laughs> We're really going to do this. And um, all right. For our YouTube crowd, before I throw up the graphic, uh, real quick, can you guess who is the top position? Right. It's catcher Tyler Stevenson and Luke Maley, 2.1 war. And that's in the preliminary look at this roster and the position players that the Reds are going to have. Dear Lord, Steve, tell me there is something wrong with his calculations here because those numbers are low. There's really not. I don't think um, (laughs) based on the information that Dan has available to him, these are probably pretty accurate. Um, The Stevenson uh, Miley. The Stevens, I can't do it. What is the guy's name? Maley. Maley. Stevenson Maley. Listen, it's not my fault. I have spent a lot of years learning the Hawaiian language, and I, I, it, I it's broken me now when I see things that are <laughs> – at any rate, 2.1 war projection there at the catcher position. I think 2.05 of that is Tyler Stevenson. I, I mean, yeah. there's, there's not – we're not looking for a lot of production out of anybody else at that position right now given who's on the roster, but – that being 2.1 and that being the the highest of the position players, I think um, says a lot. Now, could these numbers be low? They could be because there's there's things we don't know how it's going to play out. I think that Fraley, you know, if the, that right field one, th- throw that graphic back up there for just a second for the YouTube guys. You know, Fraley Fairchild are projected to be the right field combo uh, out there at 1.3. And I think that that combination in straight platoon could be better than that. Um, I think that Fairchild's going to improve. I think that Fraley uh, showed us uh, who he could be after he came back from that injury stint. And and that combination could be very good. Um, over in center field, Senzel Siani, I don't think that's going to be the combination at all. I think mm-hmm. something different is going to happen there, and it's got to be better than 1.1. 1. 1. Uh, it just got to be. Uh, if it's not better than that, I don't know what we're doing. It's going to be a long year. And then rounding out the outfield, uh, Friedel and Solak over in left, 1.3. Uh, I think Friedel's going to be a little bit better than that. I don't know what to tell you about Solak, but mm-hmm. I, I think there's a lot of room for better projections in the outfield, but I don't blame Dan for leading it off right here because some of it is they're going to have to prove it. It's going to be a lot of show me out there in the in the outfield in 2023. There's three things that stood out to me when I, when I see these preliminary projections. And again, this might just be him leaving him off or this might be Dan Samborski really looking at this and saying it ain't going to happen, but there was no Jose Barrero anywhere on that graph. I mean, he wasn't a short, he wasn't in the outfield. He wasn't anywhere to be found. And they listed some guys that I, I am not sure are going to break camp with the team. So I, I look at that and I say, okay, he might not be wrong there. We might not see a whole lot of Jose Barrero, if at all. Uh, the second thing that really stood out to me was he listed Ellie De La Cruz at third base. If there's no Barrero and he only listed Kevin Newman at shortstop, um, I don't know why Ellie De La Cruz wouldn't play shortstop. So that would be very intriguing to me. If he came up and played third base and didn't play short, 
that that for me would signal something about either Matt McClain or or what they see and I, I don't know. I think that that's wrong. I think that he ends up playing short whenever he comes up. And then the third thing that stood out to me is point two more from the DH position. Let me show that again, YouTube guys. Point two from a combination of Moose, Fraley, and Steer at DH, which I think he's he's saying here the reason that it's point two is because Moose is going to get the majority of playing time at DH. Oh my goodness. No kidding. Uh, listen, there's a lot of things that, I mean, let's just face it. You and I look at this team every single day. We dig through this stuff every single day. I, the, the biggest thing in that graphic, the thing that, that jumps out at me and you hit on it is Ellie De La Cruz being included in it already. And I still think that Ellie has an outside shot of just setting the world on fire out in Goodyear and making the team on opening day. Uh, I know there's a lot of implications to that as far as rookie of the year availability and it can impact draft picks. It can do a lot of things. I get it. But, you know, everything that Ellie's done at every level is, you know, basically forced the Reds hand to move him along. And he's always he the youngest Goodyear, wherever he is. Correct. Yeah. If he goes out to Goodyear and does what he's done at every other level, if he goes out there and just smashes the ball and destroys pitching, and even if it is bad minor league pitching, uh, this team needs positive stories and yeah. that would be a positive story. Now, if that happens, if he makes this team out of camp, I really am interested to see where the dominoes fall, because I think that a lot of guys on this graphic are going to be playing other positions. If Ellie makes this team, if or Ellie, other teams. <laughs> correct. Yeah. If Ellie De La Cruz makes this team, if he's on this team out of good year, he's playing shortstop folks. He's not playing third base. No. He's not going to be your designated hitter. He's going to be in the six hole playing shortstop and that means guys are going to have to move that means newman probably plays second base i think we see spencer steer majority of the time at third and i think jonathan india becomes an outfielder and that changes all of this i think yeah. that's what will happen if ellie de la cruz makes the team uh dan can't take all that into account it's a whole lot of of, of moving pieces on this board <laughs> right. and none of it we're going to know the truth about until ellie forces their hand so uh, I, I do think it's interesting he's included on this graphic because there are a lot of guys like you said matt mcclain's not included on this graphic you know we know that noel v Marte is a little bit farther away he's not listed on this graphic but i think ellie could Ellie could force a lot of decisions to be made. And I'm, I'm kind of hoping for it because I really want to see how it shakes out. Cause it's going to give, listen, it's going to give me and you lots to talk about. We're going to be able to do episode upon episode of all of these pieces on the chessboard getting moved around. And it's going to be a lot of fun. If that happens, give me the chaos, give it to me. I want to see it because it's going to be good chaos because Ellie De La Cruz on opening day, that's going to be just absolutely phenomenal to see. That would be the biggest story for this team this year. I, I, I'm absolutely here for it. The other quick note that I saw on this, he doesn't see Joey Votto as the comeback player of the year because the combined ward first base is 0.9. So, yeah, he doesn't agree with our take there. But I wonder I, if, and just real quick on that, I wonder yeah. if he thinks Joey's not going to be back with the team on opening day. I wonder if that's a, I wonder if that's a statement about what he thinks Joey's playing ability is going to be, or if that's a statement about the total number of games Joey's going to be available for. Uh, I, I, I'd be kind of curious what Dan's thought process is on that because I know I've learned to never underestimate Joey Votto. So I wonder if it's more about an availability thing versus an ability thing. 
Well, they say that a picture is worth a thousand words, Steve. And if you've seen the most recent picture of Joseph Daniel Votto on Twitter, (laughs) the chess fit that he had on just screams, I'm going to be ready for opening day and I'm winning comeback player of the year. So I believe it's happening. You got to check that, that photo out. It looks just absolutely phenomenal. But uh, yeah, those are the early projections. He'll have far more detailed projections as the offseason goes along as the Reds hopefully make a couple of moves to shore up some spots and things like that. We'll be all over those. Tell you what, we're also going to be all over, and that's on Saturday. We're going to be all over Reds Fest and Duke Convention, uh, Duke Energy Convention Center as we get to meet some folks, as we get to meet some players, maybe some folks. If you want to come up and say hey to us, absolutely do that. We would very much love to meet a whole bunch of different people and just get to talk with you, talk some Reds baseball as Reds Fest is happening this weekend, and Steve and I will be there on Saturday. Coming up, we're going to tell you what we're looking forward to the most and maybe reminisce a little bit about some Reds Fests of the past. But before we do that, make sure that you're following us on Twitter. You can follow Steve at S. Offenbeck with two Fs. You can follow me at, at Jeff Carr with three Fs. And you can follow the show at Locked On Reds. There's no Fs. And that also make sure you're following us here on YouTube and you have that bell clicked so that you can get notified when we have new content for you. We're coming at you every day this off season. Uh, as we get closer to Christmas, we might uh, scale it back a little bit, but we are going to be all over every single rumor news item and transaction, everything going on with the Cincinnati Reds. But Steve, this weekend is Reds Fest. It is one of my favorite uh, times of the year. Uh, obviously, we haven't had it for a few years because of COVID and different and lockouts and things like that. So it's going to be great to get back and, and just to just bask in everything Reds for a minute. And and I think that there's lots of folks that have questions swirling around their heads of what the Reds are doing. What's the point of this next season? What are they really aiming for? But for a couple of days, we can just celebrate everything that has been in our fandom about this team. And I'm very much looking forward to getting to meet some different players and and getting to meet some different people as we show up to the convention center this weekend. I'm super pumped about this. Listen, I, I have never been disappointed going to an event in Cincinnati. Um, you know, every time I come into town and do something like this, um, I always come away from having had a great time, whether it's been, you know, the all-star game in 2015, Uh, you know, I've told you these stories. I don't know if I've ever told them on the show, but I mean that, that weekend, you know, I randomly stumbled into Johnny bench. I stumbled into Joe Morgan, you know, I just, it was (laughs) just a lot of random meeting of like reds greatness because you know, they're there. And, and I, I think the players past, present, future, uh, if you look at the the list yeah, of attendees of, at Reds Fest, a lot of future, yeah. um, you know, they all embrace and continue to embrace this fan base. I think in a way that you don't see in a lot of other cities, it's just special. It's just different. So I'm looking really forward to that. I'm I'm looking forward to 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 meeting a lot of the listeners slash viewers. Uh, you know, I know that you and I are both going to have our phones and, and AirPods and stuff with us. And I suspect that there could be uh, some unscheduled uh, live broadcasting via the YouTube channel. Uh, maybe, maybe not. Depends on the players we run into. I know I'm going to have to basically, you know, pull Jeff off of Joey Votto's leg as Joey's trying to walk through the convention center. So you never know what might happen on this space. Make sure you've clicked that notification bell. You don't want to miss it. But I'm, I'm really looking forward to this, Jeff. I mean, uh, 
it's just going to be like a fun filled action packed weekend. You know, I know that uh, we've already talked to a lot of, uh, you know, the friends that we've made through the course of, of these podcasting adventures, we're going to be meeting up at the convention center. We're going to be trying to talk to the players. I'm looking forward to see, uh, you know, how the, how the Castellinis handle this red fest. You know, I've speculated that they need to give the fans a moment to, really vent their rage so that this franchise can move forward and this ownership group can move forward. And I, I want to see if they have the intestinal fortitude to let that happen. I, I'm looking forward to that. And yeah. I, and I'm, yeah, I, I'm, you know, I, it's, it's always, it's always great. The availability of the players, the availability of the, the broadcast team. I was talking to John Sadak the other day. He's going to be there. Uh, we're going to get a chance to, you know, at least say hi to him. He's got some commitments while he's uh, at the convention center, but um, already checked in with him. He'll be there. Uh, it, it's going to be fun. There's, there's yeah. lots of, there's lots of opportunity for Reds fans to, to get in the mix and interact with lots of different people that they don't necessarily have an opportunity to do that with during the course of a season down at the ballpark. So this is going to be great. I think my favorite thing about Reds Fest are the just chance run into's the, the meetings of, well, this guy is going between this autograph booth and this photograph booth, or he's going from here to here or something like that. And you just catch him for a brief moment while they themselves have kind of relaxed because they're not sitting at a table in front of hundreds of people in a line and, and, you know, saying hello and, 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 you know, you're welcome to hundreds of fans that are saying thank you to them. Uh, it happened to me the last Reds Fest that I was at that I ran into Brett Tomko in between uh, different spots. And I was just like, hey, do you mind taking a selfie with me? You were my absolute favorite pitcher on King Griffey Jr. Baseball in 1998. And <laughs> he, he was like, well, absolutely, let's do said. it. <laughs> and, God, Jeff. and he was he was all about it so i love different things like that and it's so funny to say that i look forward to the things that you don't see happening because then you're just waiting for something to surprise you but things will surprise you at red Fest. if you go and you're a fan and you walk around and you uh you, you know you don't just post up in one spot but like you kind of move around try and find some different areas and things like that to explore then you're going to run into some folks i remember i ran into joey walking into a to a press conference thing. And I went to, you know, I went to say something. I was just like, <laughs> and, 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 you know, he just kept on going. Always, you're he was always like, what is so this person? Smooth, Jeffrey, you're just always <laughs> so smooth. Yeah. So it's uh red's fest is just an absolute blast. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it and hoping that we get to meet some folks down there. Oh yeah. Uh, if you see us and, and listen, if you've run into Jeff and I at the ballpark, uh, over the last few years, you know that that we just love to have a good time and we love to talk baseball. So uh, come talk to us. Come say hi. Let us know who you are. Let us know your thoughts. You know, we, we love talking baseball. So, you know, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to those chance run-ins like you know, we've both talked about. I'm looking forward to, you know, just uh, being surrounded by people that love the Reds as much as we do. It's going to be interesting, Steve, and that is where we are going to end today's podcast. Thank you all so much for watching, for listening to today's edition of the Lockdown Reds podcast. Coming up this weekend, uh, a whole bunch of great stuff from Reds Fest coming up, and we've got uh, the Bengals and the Chiefs game happening, and, and coming up Monday, we're going to recap everything that went on as uh, we take a look back at this. But before we do all of that, make sure you check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast because they've got you covered every single day with all the biggest stories, all the biggest games, 
everything from the world of sports in 22 minutes or less. And Locked On Sports Today is just like Locked On Reds, free and available on all platforms. So make sure you hit them up. Steve, we are going to be at the Duke Energy Convention Center this Saturday. We're going to be meeting folks. We're going to be talking baseball. It's going to be a great time. What can people expect from us as the offseason moves past Reds Fest? Well, they can expect you and me to be locked in on chance encounters. We're going to be locked in on a little bit of player stalking, probably. We're going to be locked in on meeting all of the listeners and viewers because we are going to be locked on Reds every single day. We'll see you this weekend.